Ministry Mentorship, Episode 34. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ministry Mentorship. This is Jacob Tapia and you're listening to a podcast dedicated to connecting apostolic leaders with young ministers for the purpose of helping them develop in their ministry. Before we get started, I'd like to tell you about our recent ministry mentorship live Bible study. Uh, Pastor Micah Wisdom taught a tremendous lesson on developing our character and this study will challenge and encourage you to become a more dedicated and ministry-focused individual. I'd love for you to check it out. You can go to ministrymentorship.com backslash Bible dash study, or you can look for the Bible study link on our website. Now, let me just say that if you have a question, a testimony, or a comment about ministry mentorship, you can send an email to Jacob Tapia, that's J-A-C-O-B-T-A-P-I-A, at ministrymentorship.com. We've heard from several of you, and we so appreciate your thoughts and your feedback. It's just it's a blessing to hear how God is, is using this ministry to impact and encourage others. In this episode, we're going to be hearing part two of our interview with church planner Jimmy Tony. Brother Tony is the founding pastor of the Lexington Tabernacle Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Brother Tony is passionate about ministering to people and and he's a tremendous voice in the apostolic church. In our last episode, he talked about his personal testimony and shared how he first got started in ministry. In this episode, you're going to hear him talk about his journey into church planting. And I know it's going to be a great blessing to you. Let's join the conversation now. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your church planting uh, experience. How did you originally know that you were being led to be a church planter? Because there's no church in the world that would vote me in. <laughs> so it just seemed like if I wanted to pastor, this was my only option. <laughs> now, when I was a student at Texas Bible College, and this sounds strange now, but not growing up in any type of a preacher's home, uh, growing up in, in the South, the Bible Belt, you know, in Leesville, there's a church on every corner just about. So I just assumed, I, I don't guess I even realized that people started churches. So I just assumed one day when I got out of Bible college, I would take a church. And while I was in Bible college, I was introduced to the idea of pioneering the church. And it was like the moment I heard it, I thought, people still start churches. Hmm. <laughs> and the more that that process just begin to marinate in my in my spirit, I thought, well, why in the world would I want to go take a church if I could go start a church? Mm. And so then I just began to pray that God would would lead me to a city where that needed a church. And you know, so so Bible college is where I was was introduced to it. And I don't know that that I'm called to be a church planner. Um you know, I know that I'm planting my second church, but but what I'm saying is I don't I don't know that you have to be, you know, have a special gift or calling in order to do this. But I just when I heard the idea, I liked it. Moved to Omaha, Nebraska, started that church. God was very good to us. 
very, very good to us. Uh, and I was there for a little over 11 years. And so that went, that went really well. Um, and then I took a church, uh, and, you know, I just, when I took this church, I just didn't have the same passion and I didn't have the same drive that I had when I was starting the church. And Brother Mooney had asked me if I would teach a church planning class at IBC. And so I went back to IBC and started teaching church planning while I was pastoring in Indiana. And the burden just got a hold of me again. Mm. And, and to be honest with you, for the copy, I felt kind of felt like a hypocrite because I, stand, I was standing in this classroom basically begging these students to consider going to start a church. And I was thinking, well, you're not you're not pastoring <laughs> a church that you started now, yeah. so maybe you should do this again. And and so the Lord laid the burden on me, and I wanted to, to start another church, and that's how I ended up in Lexington, Kentucky. Now, what, what would be something that you would tell a brand new church planter? What advice or something that you would say would be very important for them to know? Well, one, I would think you would, number one, need to know what you believe. You know, you don't, you don't need to get on site and, and try to figure out what you believe about this because everything that, that you say you believe will be tested and tried and pulled. And so, you know, you need to, you need to know what you believe and you need to establish some of those things in advance. I would say the next thing is you need to know that God will help you build a church. All we have to do is become willing vessels, and, you know, he wants the kingdom to grow, so he will do that. I would also tell somebody you you need to know that that it's going to be hard work, um, that that it's not going to always happen fast, and, and you need to know that. You need to know that there's going to be some good Sundays and there's going to be some bad Sundays. And and in home missions, those bad ones may outnumber the good ones for a while. And I think you need to know that. Another thing I think you know a church planner would need to know is you can get somebody to sponsor you and send you all the money in the world, but but somewhere sacrifice has to be part of the process. So either you're going to sacrifice financially, you're going to if you cannot you cannot build a church without sacrifice. And so you need to know that sacrifice is the key. But here's the thing. When you're really involved, you know, and, and I can't remember who I heard say this, but it resonated with my spirit that, you know, when Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, you know, he he didn't he didn't view it as a sacrifice. He said, Me and the boy, we're gonna go yonder to worship. And so what, what some people say, oh, the Tonys are sacrificing to start a church, I know what they're saying, but I promise you from our vantage point, we call it worship. You know, it's it's just what we do. But yet we do know there has to be sacrifice. You know, you cannot expect, you can't build a church on borrowed vision. You know, you've got to, you, you've got to know you've got to, you've got to die out so something can grow. Uh, and then, you know, maybe the last thing I would say, you need to know, there's a lot of things you need to know, but just to sum it up, you need to know how to flip a Bible study chart. I, I have a personal belief that if you cannot teach a Bible study, you cannot grow or build a church. And, you know, so 
You got to know what you believe. You got to know that God will help you build a church. You need to know that it's hard work. You need to know the sacrifice is going to have to be involved. And finally, you, you need to know how to teach a home Bible study. And and I, some of my greatest uh, moments, my greatest achievements is, is sitting at a table with a couple, just teaching a Bible study. No, nobody shouting, nobody saying amen, no platform, no lights. No youth convention, no youth congress. Just sitting at a Bible study with a guy that smells like smoke, and I ask him if he has any prayer requests, and he says, "Would you just pray that I win the lottery?" So I grab him by the hand and pray that God help him win the lottery. <laughs> That's some of the greatest true story, by the way. That's some of the greatest moments that that I personally think a minister can enjoy. You know, so those are things that I think you would have to know. Now, talk about the biggest challenge in balancing uh, putting your best into the ministry and then spending time with your family and, and keeping your priorities in check. Yeah, well, I I really messed that one up big time. When I first went to Omaha, I, I poured way too much into ministry and into church, and by doing so, did not did not set out to neglect my wife or daughter, but you know, the, the the reality is you can only walk in one direction, you know. And so, you know, to, to and just to be very frank and transparent, I mean it created it created strain on my marriage. It uh, my daughter was young enough, you know, when we moved to Omaha she was just nine months old. So, you know, uh, there have been many times after working ten, twelve hours a day trying to teach a Bible study, trying to witness, you know, your church planner, your you're the secretary, you're the counselor, you're the accountant, you're the pastor, you you gotta study, you gotta work full time, you gotta be a husband, you gotta be that every time I come home from work and just lay down on the floor of this little trailer we were living in it, you know, I just let my daughter crawl over me and she thought we were playing, but I was leaping. <laughs> and she was just crawling over. But you know, so it was a little easier to maybe manipulate her, but not not near as easy to manipulate my wife. And, and, you know, I was young. I was 25 years old when we started that church. And so, you know, my good wife helped bring all that into balance and still does to this day because I think I think anybody that's driven to start a church, um, you know, you're, you're going to have to always have some checks and balances. And uh, and my wife is, is one of those big checks and balances. You know, I, I, I talk to her about my schedule. I talk to her about me preaching out, you know, and, and maybe how frequent or do I need to, do I need to cut back some? And, 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 you know, we're, we're to the place to where if she were to ever say, yes, I think you need to spend a little more time with Caitlin or I think you need to, then that's my priority and, and I'll listen to her. So, you know, I, I think that's a, um, I don't. I don't think anybody would be able to say, "Here's a set formula for you to follow." Uh, but I, I will say that I can tell you that I went way, way too far toward ministry, and and God helped and allowed us to have good people in our life and um, mentors and elders in our life to speak to us. And to be frank with you, thump me on the head. And, and you know, the great thing about pastors and mentors and, and elders. There's no need to have them in your life if you're not going to listen to them. Mm, and so, you know, once they begin to speak and go, "This is what's going on," 
uh, well, then I, w- I would really become a fool to to ignore that. And and so you know now the second go around, you know, man, things are things are, are in check for many many different reasons. I'm, I'm older. We've done it once. Our you know my daughter's older, been married longer. There's a lot of dynamics that's different now. But you know, please for any young preacher that you know will be listening to this, or if I, I'm even a home missionary right now. I mean, if there's warning signs from your wife, if she's frustrated, if she's, you know, she has some valid complaints, please stop what you're doing. Because when it's all said and done, that church that you're working so hard to build, they'll leave you as soon as you preach a sermon they don't like. But your wife and your hmm. kids are going to be with you. And, um, you know, I appreciate your zeal and I appreciate your passion, but sometimes you got to slow down because... Really, what it, what does it what does it gain if I teach a thousand Bible studies and have a church of a thousand and 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 my daughter is lost or my wife is lost and you know and I'll flip that coin real quick again just to to say you know you you, you can't spend all this family time and say well we're just going to family time and build a church or there has to be a balance and um, your good wife will help you find that balance. Absolutely. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute, but first of all, I want to make you aware of a series that we're offering at Ministry Mentorship by one of the most respected Bible teachers in the United Pentecostal Church International. James Merrick has put together a powerful end time prophecy series that we're making available for download on our website. And Brother Merrick is a powerful preacher and minister of the gospel with over 40 years of active ministry, and you're going to be blessed by his insight into the scriptures, and this series will be a valuable resource for your apostolic library. Find out more by going to ministrymentorship.com and clicking on the products link. Now let's return to our interview with Pastor Jimmy Tony. You know, and everybody has a pastor until he asks you to do something you don't want to do. Hmm. You know, and, and I just think that's key. Um, I just think we have to have these these boundaries in place to protect us. You know, ministry, in my opinion, ministry is the greatest thing in the world. I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. I mean, this is just the greatest thing in the world. But with that being said, it, it's also uh, it, it's a it's a tragic battlefield. I mean, there there are there are stories of, of people who have lost their family just because they were too involved in quote unquote ministry. And so I think I think everybody I mean I you can't have an elder or a mentor, whatever you may call them. Number one, you need a pastor. You gotta have a man that has rule over your life. And then after that you, you can have some mentors and different people that speak into your life and I and I have that. But you've got to have somebody that can pick the phone up and go, you need to cancel such and such meeting, and you're not even asking any questions. Hmm. And and I've done that, <laughs> you know. And so you just you've got to do that once. And once your wife and your family sees that 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 you are submitted, then it becomes easier for them to submit and understand. But but you know I'll I'll say this, and, and again I, I talk too much, but. You know, if you can involve your family, if, if you're 
when you go start a church, you know, you might be a young man with a young family. Involve your family in church. You know, don't make it me versus them. It's us. Mm. You know, let get, get them involved. Get, you know, get your, I mean, I just can't go what we've done. I mean, Caitlin's been singing on the platform since she was about three years old, you know, at different times. And and so if I'd have to go to the hospital, I'd, I'd take her to the hospital with me. And well, she didn't know I was going to do ministry. She just thought she was with her daddy, you know. Uh, when I go preach out when she was a little girl, I'd take her with me. And, you know, so just if, if if we would not treat this like this is my ministry, but this is this is our our ministry. You know, it's our family's life, and so I'm going to get my family involved in this. That's good. Now, are there any books or resources that you would recommend to a new church planner? You know, I have a couple. Of course, Brother Bernard's Growing a Church is a great book for, for growing an apostolic church. Uh, outside of the apostolic umbrella, there's a guy named Nelson Searcy. He has written a book called Launch. Launch is probably the best book I've read with some innovative ideas on how to launch a church. Of course, again, it's not a it's not an apostolic resource, so you have to kind of wade through some of that. But great, great book. It's it's, he introduces the idea of the preview services where instead of just moving into a city and starting church one Sunday and then having church every Sunday, to, to just do preview services where you have church maybe once a month for six months and are trying to build a group of people when you actually start weekly. We did that in Lexington. We loved it. It was a, it was a game changer to me. So I, I, I love that book for that reason. Another one, uh, there's a book called... Uh, Ten Most Common Mistakes Made by New Church Plants, uh, written by a guy named Jim Griffith. That's a great book. I read that book after I started my first church and before I started my second church, and I, I laughed and cried all the way through it because I made every one of those mistakes multiple mm. times. And then uh, an author named Mark Batterson, um, he wrote the book Circle Maker. I, I love Circle Maker. I think it's great faith-building book on prayer. Uh, and then uh, Batterson also just wrote another book called All In. I love both of those books. They're they're encouraging. Uh, he tells some stories of him planning his church in, in D.C. And again, he, he's not an apostolic guy, but his writing is very easy to read. And, and it's to me, it's very faith building. So those are those are a few resources that I would recommend. Just in closing, are there any any advice that you would give uh, to a young person uh, that just says, you know, Brother Tony, I'm really feeling God speaking to me about ministry, whether it's planning a church or just getting started? What would you tell that young person? Well, I would I would say first and foremost, if you haven't already begun develop a relationship with your pastor, communicate that with your pastor, uh, and then allow him to, to begin to equip you and educate you and lead and guide you through that process. So first of all, get as close as you can to your pastor, let him know that. Number two, do not compare yourself to other people. It frustrates me so much when I just, you know, with every little wave of change that comes through, you know, we're constantly changing, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm the most old-fashioned, 
down there. I'm country's cornbread. So, you know, I just, there's a lot of stuff that I don't, doesn't even appeal to me, but I get so concerned sometimes when I just see, you know, everybody changing and just, just because he's doing it this way, then I need to do it that way. And because he did it this way and had success, then if I do it that way, I'll have success. No, quit comparing yourself to others. Um, just be real. Be real. Be who you are. Uh, you know, I, I've had people tell me before that, you know, Greg, Tony, we just appreciate the fact that, that we feel like when we're, we're around you, you're just real. And to me, Brother Tommy, that's the that's the greatest compliment somebody can can pay me because that's I just I I I don't want my church to ever see me in another venue and go, who is that guy? Mm. You know, and I don't want my family, my daughter, to see me at another venue and go, hey, where, where's that daddy been? So mm. I think it's you know, quit comparing yourself, be real, uh, and then then lastly, learn the 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 valuable lesson of servanthood. You know, be a servant before you can ever, I've, I've said, I make this saying all the time, big doors swing on small hinges. And, you know, if we don't have those small things in place, then that big door, whatever that is, that big opportunity, it will never open. And it should never open. Because if it opens, it's going to hurt you. But if, if you've got those small hinges in place, if you are praying, if you are reading the Bible, if you are trying to teach a Bible study that nobody knows anything about. I, I preached a sermon uh, about Moses and, and the stick turning into a snake. And, and we always get excited about that. We always get excited about the transformation. But, you know, Moses reached down and, and picked that snake up and it became a stick again. And, and to my knowledge, it never became a snake again. Hmm. But it was just always a stick in the shepherd's hand. And many times we want God to use us as long as he's throwing us down and we're becoming, we're transforming and we're becoming something that we didn't think we could become. But are we, are we satisfied at the end of the day to just be a servant and just be a stick in his hand? without all the, the bells and the whistles, so to speak. So just get as close as you can to your pastor. Be real. Don't compare yourself to other people. Let them have their ministry. You have your ministry. And then learn the value, the valuable lesson of servanthood. And, and just, you know, if God uses you in a great way, fine. But understand, he may or may not ever use you like that again. But you still have a ministry to do at home. Amen. Wow, that some great great advice and great thoughts thank you for sharing that with us and i wonder in closing if you could just say a prayer over that young person that is feeling that tug right now and, and while you've been talking they're saying you know that's me brother tony i'm i i feel like god's leading me and directing me and i wonder if you just say a prayer over that young person right now i sure will lord we love you and we thank you so much for this opportunity to talk and to share and I pray right now, God, that the ears that are hearing this, the young people that are listening, the young man, the young woman, God, that has a desire to do something great for you. I pray, God, that you would encourage them, that you would allow a, a spirit of boldness to come up on them, that, that they can accept this call and they can walk in what, you, what you're asking them to do, even though they may be the only one in their family. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just silence 
every voice of the enemy that would tell them they can't do it. And God, that you would give them a spirit of favor. And God, that you would allow faith to begin to, to build in their life. I pray you'd lead them and guide them, help them. God, we need laborers. We need ministers. We need young ministers. We need church planners. God, there are cities all over North America that need churches. And I pray right now, God, that you would begin to talk to somebody's heart about starting a church. I know I know there'll be youth pastors on this call. I know there'll be future pastors on this call. But, God, I pray right now that there's future church planners listening to this and that, God, you would lead them and guide them to a city where they can build an apostolic church and make your name famous in that city that you'd call them to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Brother Toppy, I want to thank you for doing this, um, for just this this ministry, mentorship ministry that you have. Uh, I was at a uh, church planner's retreat this weekend for the District of Tennessee on Friday and Saturday, and uh, Brother Scott Armstrong, the North American Missions Director for Tennessee, was giving out resources that people can use. And this uh, podcast here, Ministry Mentorship, was the first resource that he gave out. Wow. And he, he said he listens to it. He encouraged those home missionaries to listen to it. Um, so I, I appreciate I appreciate your passion for for young preachers and for putting something in the hands of the next generation that, that they can do. So thank you very much for what you do. Well, I appreciate it. That, that, that means a lot. And, and we've been honored to have you, Brother Tony. Thank you again for joining us today. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. God bless. You've been listening to a Ministry Mentorship Podcast with Jacob Tapia. Those of you that are interested, we have links to the resources mentioned by Pastor Tony on our website, ministrymentorship.com and you can search for this interview in the upper right hand corner of the website thanks for listening and God bless